So, for entertainment purposes, is it Mr. Maxwell, Jack Maxwell? Is it Jack? Which name do you prefer? Uh, for for this environment, Jack's completely fine. We can go first name terms. It's cool. Okay, okay. Of course, uh, we've got another wrestler again. We've got one of the best gimmicks I've obviously seen in the UK. We've got loads to talk about. But first, inter roll the intro. <laughs> And I'm delighted to be joined by the one and only Jack Maxwell. How are we, my friend? I'm very good, thank you. Thanks for having me. Of course, of course. How's the week been, my friend? It's been all right. Yeah, it's been been a, a decent week. Uh, I trained at uh, Fight Factory Wrestling last night. Uh, and then I've got another training session at Pursuit Pro Wrestling tomorrow. So uh, no bookings this weekend, but we get back to it uh, next weekend with a couple of shows. Awesome. So that kind of answers my next question, saying if you're doing anything exciting, but I, I presume training is probably exciting. Yeah, I, I love it. Like, um, I try and train at least once a week if I can. Um, I've, I've always had that mentality from as soon as I got into wrestling. I think um, there's, there's some people, I think, that, that they train and they train consistently. And then it seems like as soon as they get onto shows, they're like, oh, I don't really need to train as much anymore. Um, whereas I kind of think like that's where you need to actually train more. Because I think you kind of need to like, you know, keep the standards held up, so to speak. So um, I, I've, I've just always tried to stay consistent because uh, ring rust is a very real thing as well. And I feel like especially during COVID and things like that or like little injuries here and there. You really feel it, even if you've just had a couple of weeks off out of the ring. Really interesting, interesting. So, yeah, obviously, the purpose of today's show is obviously about you, really. We've got lots mm -hmm. to obviously talk about. I say this to obviously everybody. If there's anything I ask, if you don't feel comfortable talking about, you just say next question, we move on. Does that sound right? It sounds fine by me. I'm sure I'll, I'll be able to answer everything, though. Awesome, awesome. So, one thing obviously I want to start with, obviously, I want to get, obviously, how you got into wrestling. And I'm talking from obviously a fan's point of view at the moment. Mm -hmm. uh, so I was actually quite a relatively late bloomer to, to getting into wrestling. I, I started watching when I was like 11 years old, which obviously it's, it's still a child by all means. But I think when you ask most wrestlers, and, and obviously you'll probably know this firsthand from, from interviewing them, like 99% of them kind of say the same thing of like, oh, I remember when I was five years old and I saw this. So like, um, I can never remember a time where I wasn't into wrestling or something like that. Whereas I was a little bit different. Like I had a good portion of childhood where like wrestling wasn't really in my life. Um, and it wasn't that I wasn't aware of what it was. I think it was just the fact that all of my friends and, and still to this day, um, a lot of my friends, they're, they're all kind of like football and rugby fans. So there was never a need for me to like seek it out because I kind of thought, oh, what's the point? Because I can't talk about it with anyone. And that's kind of the fun of it. Um, but then, yeah, I got to 11 years old and I, I think I was just channel flicking one day through the, the Sky Sports channels. And 
I came across a, an episode of SmackDown um, and like from that point on pretty much I, I became a fan but even then I, it wasn't like a light bulb moment where I was like oh this is the thing I want to do it was just oh I like wrestling so I'm gonna keep watching this and I'd probably say within a few months time I was like consistently watching Raw and SmackDown every single week and I've never really stopped watching it since then either interesting interesting some of the, obviously the names obviously you, you watched in obviously talking john cena type or before that yeah so this was um very early 2008 i started watching so the the very first thing i remember watching when i was channel flicking that day it was a segment between edge and Rey mysterio because they were feuding over the world title at the time mm-hmm. uh, and vicky guerrero was involved in it as well this was when Vicky Guerrero was the, the general manager and she was like in, in a wheelchair and she had the neck brace on. Um, one of the greatest heels of all time, by the way, Vicky Guerrero, undoubtedly. I absolutely hated her. I wanted to, every time she said, excuse me, I wanted to throw my remote through the TV. She did my head in. Uh, such a good heel. So yeah, like uh, Edge and Rey Mysterio, they were like on the SmackDown side and then on the Raw side, you had like Cena, Orton, and Triple H, there was all feuding over the uh, WWE title at that time. So it was sort of going into like WrestleMania 24 was when I, I started watching. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, I, I remember obviously the Vicky Guerrero things. Probably, I, yeah, I think she gets a lot of unnecessary stick. But when you think about it, I think you're kind of on point. It is probably one of the best like things on SmackDown at the time. Yes, it's so like my mum would come in and she'd be like, "Oh, it's her with the annoying voice, isn't it?" She, that's how good of a heel she was. My mum, who doesn't like wrestling whatsoever, even she got heat from her. So, honestly, Vicky Guerrero, she's one of the goats of heels. And Edge as well at that time as well. The whole ultimate opportunist thing, I hated him so much as well. What do you think of him obviously being in AEW now? I think it's really, really interesting. Um, I, I never thought I would actually see it. It's, I just... I don't know what it was, even though Christian was over there and everything. I just, I always saw Edge as the WWE guy and I never thought I would see him in a different ring. But then that being said, I, I thought about, about Jericho for the longest time as well. So I think Jericho kind of started a trend a little bit of, um, you know, that there is another world outside of WWE. Even if you have been there for years, you can still reinvent yourself and you can still freshen things up and try something new and um i'm i'm really interested to see what what they do with edge because i can't imagine he's got that much of a run left so i'm just hoping they can they can really make the most of it while they've got him yeah the one thing i obviously thought when it came to that was what he can offer backstage because obviously he's got the experience i feel like he's going to be what punk should have been but probably in a better role is that fair yeah i would definitely agree with that i do think they've brought him in probably with one eye on maybe being a coach or an agent of some kind um and just just to be in there helping the the younger guys i suppose the the i i say less experienced guys you know they've all still been doing it for years but um i'm sure edge can can help them along and maybe if they're just missing that certain something he can bring it out of them and get them just to that next level kind of thing yeah absolutely absolutely so obviously i want to move obviously focus a little bit and obviously Ask about you, obviously, getting into wrestling. Now, the two shows I primarily obviously know you from is obviously, the first one is, of course, PPW. Talk about, obviously, going into PPW and, yeah, your t- experiences there. 
Yeah, so PPW was that was born just out of lockdown in uh, in like the summertime of 2021 and i was one of the i'm gonna say like guinea pig trainees for ppw uh i got a message off ace matthews who uh, i think you've had ace matthews on the show before mm-hmm. right yep. yeah a great great guy um absolutely fantastic what he's doing with his character and, and everything like that these days uh, he messaged me saying that Liam Slater was going to be opening a, a training school in Sheffield um, and he wanted a car from Hull to come down just to, to try the place out and not almost give it like a test run. And I knew Liam Slater a little bit from NGW, but our paths never really crossed because Liam was the beginner's coach. And at that point, I'd already moved to the advanced sessions with Nathan Cruz and Matt Myers. So... I only really saw Liam on on the shows and it was very much like a hello goodbye type of relationship. We didn't really talk too much. So I turn up and I remember thinking, is is this the right place? Because if you haven't been to PPW before, it's it's kind of like in the middle of an industrial estate and you don't really you wouldn't know it was there if you didn't know it was there kind of thing. And it was literally just a big warehouse with just this tiny ring in the back corner. Uh, there's like a, a zebra print chair that's in the shape of a high heel that is still there to this day. I don't know how it got there, but it's still there to this day. And like that was literally what it was. It was so minimalistic and basic. Uh, did like a little session with Liam and pretty much when it then fully opened a couple of months later, um, I've I've been like an active member there ever since. And to see the change that that arena's had in like two and a half years, if you, if you saw what it was like at the show, it was absolutely incredible. And I, just to be involved in that show as well, I, like they contacted me months before the show to say, would I be interested in doing it? I said, absolutely. It's an absolute no brainer for me. Um, it, yeah, I, I was incredibly flat and incredibly honored to have been part of that show. Awesome. Awesome. So, Fight Factory Wrestling, is that before PPW? Yeah, so that came about while I was still like actively training with NGW. Uh, Fight Factory Wrestling was one of my first like external bookings that I got away from NGW. And that kind of came about because a recent Rogan had been wrestling in FFW for a little bit at the time. And they were looking for guys to to fill up spaces in in the yearly rumble that they do at the body slams to cancer show and uh rogan from recent rogan like heavily put me forward um and and to fight factory's credit they they went with it they they took the trust in him and put us on the on the rumble and i guess i made enough of an impression that they went you know we want to bring you back and within the next Within the next couple of shows, I would like kind of become like a regular there, and and they've probably been my most consistent bookings for probably the last year and a half now, I would say. Um, and they're the promotion that I'm doing the most in like storyline wise with with like this new age stable that we've got. Um, and yeah, I'm just uh really really flattered and um. And delighted and proud that I can be 
a part of uh, that roster and that they now have the trust in me to put me in these matches and they have the confidence in me that I'm that I'm going to deliver. Awesome, awesome. So one obviously the reason obviously I wanted to get you on the show is obviously your gimmick overall, the Maxwell mm-hmm. character is really, really unique. So for people obviously who's not seen the gimmick, how would you describe it to them? So if I had to describe the gimmick in three words, I would probably describe it as creepy stalker killer. I think they're like the three words that I would that I would use. So um, <laughs> a, a very flattering, uh, charming individual, as you might expect. Um, but like I've, I think when you look at it, um, obviously with like the shirt and the tie and the leather gloves, I think it's very easy to kind of draw on like. Uh, like a Patrick Bateman kind of thing, uh, which I've had a lot, which is which is great. Um, I've had a lot of like uh, or Jack Nicholson from The Shining, or uh, I've had like Tyler Durden from Fight Club before. Uh, just ca- a, ca- a kind of character, I suppose, that is maybe not all there mentally, or maybe thinks in a different way to a lot of other people. I think that is that is the best way I would describe the gimmick. And how did it obviously all come about? Obviously, do you know what in the gimmick? Is it often over time or it's I kind of weirdly knew. I, I don't really know why, but I, I kind of knew from when I started training back at, at NGW. I knew at some point I was going to have to come up with a character. I knew at some point I was going to have to like talk and cut promos and like get this character across. And I always kind of knew I wanted to do like a kind of like crazy guy, psycho kind of character. Um, I'd I would look to like as well as like the film characters that I've just mentioned. I would look to like wrestlers as well. So I would look to like uh, like Roddy Piper and like Brian Pillman when he was doing the whole loose cannon thing. Um, at the time, because this was like 2015, 2016, so Dean Ambrose was like another um, inspiration, I would say, towards creating the character. I, I just, those were the guys that I liked to watch, and those uh, those movie characters that I referenced, they're, they're the kind of films that I like to watch and the kind of characters that draw me in as, as a fan and draw me in as an audience member. So I just wanted to do that myself to an extent and and hopefully try and use my gimmick and my character to draw people into the shows that I'm on uh, and hopefully make them want to buy a ticket and want to see the match that I'm in. There you go, there you go. So this next question is obviously I ask every wrestler this and obviously the opinions really, really differ. The UK wrestling scene is obviously, I would say it's in a really, really good place. Would you obviously agree with that, being a wrestler yourself? Yeah, I would completely agree. I think there was a lot of I don't know if I don't know if I want to say like worry or apprehension like coming out of COVID that it that things were going to really struggle. Um, I remember like there was a lot of like Brit rest is dead going around. Um, but then again, people would people had said that when NXT UK became a thing and like hired a lot of people. People were like oh well that's just killed the the British wrestling scene. But I, even back then, I never believed in that because granted yeah people are are, are leaving the scene so to speak and they're going away but 
that then leaves opportunities for other people to step up and create their spots as well. And I just think that there's so much talent out there at the moment. And just in the Yorkshire scene, in just in the Yorkshire scene, there's so much talent. Never mind, um, there's hell of a lot of talented people from like the Manchester area. There's a hell of a lot of talented people up in Newcastle. There's a load of talented people down south. There's all, all across the board, there's loads and loads and loads of talent going around at the moment. Um, all quite young and like hungry and want the opportunities. So I do think that, that British wrestling is in a very good place. And I would disagree with people who say otherwise. There you go. So obviously I was looking at some obviously matches in preparation for the show. So two matches obviously I want to talk about. First one is, of course, your match against Hardman Dan. This was really, really entertaining. Talk about obviously this match. Was this the one from uh, the PPW show? Because we've had like I think four matches now. Yes, the P- yes, the yes, the PPW one. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. So that one was kind of a bit last minute. So I was uh, scheduled to be on the show, like I said earlier, months before. Uh, my initial opponent was going to be Lou Nixon for that. Um, we'd done promos on each other and everything. And then uh, Lou Nixon got the opportunity to go to wrestle for a GCW in Germany on the same day. Uh, and so obviously, like, I don't blame the guy one bit. He, he went and he went and took that. It was in a death match and that's like his thing. So um, I, I was like well happy for him. Um, he, he didn't need to like apologize to me whatsoever for, for not doing the match. And um Instead, uh, so Hadman Dan came into the fray. Instead, who I've trained with closely f- for ages. Again, we go back to NGW. I give that guy lifts everywhere because he doesn't drive and he lives like 10 minutes away from my house. So if there was going to be anyone to replace Lou Nixon, I was so happy that it was Hadman Dan. Uh, 20 years old. Um, he's got incredible potential. He's already incredibly talented. And I knew we would both go in there with the same mindset of like, let's let's both get ourselves over by helping each other. Um, and so we just went out there and kind of had like this this kind of like crazy eight minute brawl where like the crowd was so into it. I came out and got booed, and then had my band comes out, spits water in my face, and it switches everything around. And now I'm the one getting cheered, and we're brawling on the outside, and then. The crowd are begging for me to strangle him with with my tie, which ends up happening. It was absolute, like, so much fun. It's such an amazing crowd. Probably the best crowd I've ever performed in front of. Um, And I'm just so happy that uh, I got to do it with with Hardman Dan, who's who's one of my closest friends within wrestling. Excellent, excellent. Obviously, match obviously I want to talk about is obviously with Leon Slater. Now, obviously this guy has got so much credit from everybody who obviously interviewed. What's it like obviously working with Leon? It's incredible. It's because I'd trained with Leon a lot through PPW and I, and I know him very well through PPW and like we are friends. That took the pressure off me a lot because I'm like, I, I know Leon, we get along. Um, I think like Otherwise, I would have been so intimidated to, to wrestle him probably because of the star power that he's building for himself. And just it just seems like every week his, his, his star power just rises and rises and rises to the point where I, I thought maybe the match wasn't going to happen because I 
I got told about it maybe three months in advance and I thought he might be like signed somewhere by then. You, you know, you never you never really know. And obviously what we've seen now with TNA. Um, but like, again, he's another one similar to, similar to Hardman Dan in the sense of he likes to get other people over and he likes to uh, showcase his opponent as well as himself. And he always comes up with great ideas on how we can do it. Um, he is just that absolute, just an easy, easy generational talent. I, I do strongly think in five years' time, we will be saying that he's probably the best wrestler in the world. I, I just, if he can keep his head on his shoulders, which I'm sure he will, I, I don't see any reason why he won't be. And that match at Planet Wrestle is probably going to be my claim to fame where I go, oh, you know, that guy who's like a superstar in wrestling. Yeah, well, I wrestled him in front of 100 people in Leeds before. <laughs> uh, so we've got a obviously a question from obviously a fan in the comments he says it's from Mark Brown he says is there any type of match you have not done yet what you really want to do so I've sort of dipped my toe into like hardcore kind of matches but I've not gone like full blown I guess deathmatch territory that's something that I would really love to do um it sounds crazy i know but there's just some kind of edge within me that i go yeah i would really want to like get bumped through glass the, i i don't know why i just i would really love to do a death match um like i say i, I was meant to wrestle lou nixon at pursuit like if we could maybe do something in that realm that'd be great there's a guy called jack bennett at uh, fight factory who's uh kind of becoming like a top guy in the in the deathmatch scene as well i'd love to do something like that with him um and beer rose as well is another one who's like has kind of become a deathmatch guy as well um and yeah any of those three guys if i could do like a proper genuine like hardcore deathmatch with i'd be i'd be the first to sign up yeah absolutely so a couple of little general obviously questions before you obviously go obviously to have a match, you have like do you psych yourself up? Do you get yourself into a zone? Do you have like a pre match ritual anyway? A little bit. I do kind of need to like take myself off and and just kind of uh just be on my own for a little bit to kind of like get into like the the Maxwell headspace because it's it's one of them things where I, I kind of am going into a different mindset at, at least for those 10 15 minutes that i'm out there but other than that like i really need to get better at like stretching and stuff before matches because i'm i'm always like thinking about what i'm going to do in the match that i forget to stretch out and then i go out there and i'm like i don't feel like lo loosened up at all so i would like to say that i have like this uh this stretching routine and stuff but as of right now i don't and I, I need to uh and i think i need to invest in some you know, um, rubber bands or something like that to, to get myself stretched out. But no, to, in a long-winded answer to answer your question, no, I just um, I just stand off to myself for a little bit, try and get in the zone, and then it's it's go time after that. There's really not much to it with me once I've got my gear on. It's funny, like, cause obviously a lot of people say, oh, they like listening to, like, certain music, and I've just noticed obviously got the Beatles there in the background. Cool, great band, by the way. Yeah, I do like the Beatles, but this, um, I'm going to like end up completely breaking kayfabe here, but I'm, this is like my dad's almost like shrine. He's got like loads of, he's got like the, the Beatles here, 
there's some stone roses there's some oasis he's got like this music shrine and he's just got these um like albums and photos like all across the walls so i have to give credit to my dad rather than me but i do like the beatles what's some of your what other bands do you like or what type of genre music do you like uh so again probably because of like my dad's influence i think like indie rock is probably like the one i listen to the most so uh, like oasis and kasabian uh, bands like that um but i i kind of i'm a bit like I, it's a very fancy answer but i am kind of into a little bit of all sorts um like i, I was re i was watching american pie the other day and i was like damn this is a really really good soundtrack you know with like blink 182 and some 41 <laughs> and all that like all the, the pop punk kind of stuff I'll oh, get extra points from Crash Boat for, for saying that. Oh, I love a bit of pop punk. You can't beat it. Old school. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Old school old school blink one eight two on new stuff. I'm gonna have to say old school. Uh yeah, I'm gonna have to say like Mutt and um you know, every time the sun comes around and stuff like that. Same with Green Day, old school. Yes, yes. I, although I don't mind some of the modern stuff, but yeah, again, Green Day, yeah, I don't think you can go wrong with, with the early stuff, really. There you go, there you go. So, move obviously back, obviously, on to wrestling. Um, what do fans not know about Maxwell? Very, very interesting question. Things that a fan wouldn't know about Jack Maxwell is that Jack Maxwell loves a holiday. That's what I will say. That's what I'll say. There's this whole, there's this whole separate part of the persona that is ready to come out sometime, uh, called Holiday Maxwell, and I don't think people are, are quite ready for it. I don't think people are quite ready to see me in a in a Hawaiian shirt, but still have the serial killer leather gloves on. And also, they don't forget the 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 tie. Oh yeah, well, I'll have to find a way for the tie to fit into the Hawaiian. Sh I'm sure it'll go. I'm sure I'll find a way to make it work. But yeah. I'll have a Hawaiian shirt on, short sleeves, with black leather gloves on, but I'd still have the, the red tie as well. I'll still strangle, yeah, but I'll just strangle, yeah, on a beach somewhere instead. <laughs> I, I cannot wait to see that image. I'm just going to be honest. <laughs> I don't think anyone is. <laughs> That's brilliant. That's brilliant. <laughs> so a few little more, obviously, more questions are obviously begin to wind down. What's the goal for you? It's obviously short term. What do you obviously want to achieve, like in the next, next, say twenty twenty four? So twenty twenty four for me is about. I've kind of basically since we got back from, uh, since we got out of lockdown and came back from COVID, I've just kind of been trying to like spread my wings as much as I can, and um, you know, like just wrestle in a in a in different promotions and and get as much eyes on me as possible. Uh, and I, I think I've gone somewhere towards doing that over the last two years or so, although I would definitely like to, to do that more. But I feel like I've so far I've been kind of confined to like the Yorkshire area, which I think weirdly it's the same for a lot of people in Yorkshire. It's, we're such a big county and we have so much good wrestlers here, but we, we seem kind of like our own island where we, we're not many people get to go elsewhere outside of Yorkshire. So 
if I can say by the end of 2024 that I'm like a regional wrestler as opposed to a Yorkshire wrestler, then that would be that'd be massive for me. Um, and I think that is something that I see, I see as being kind of realistic as well. I, I do look at certain promotions like over the, the kind of Lancashire way um, and certain promotions like down south or like up in Newcastle, um, like north being a prime example, as somewhere like I can realistically see myself working for in the next 12 months or so. Interesting. What about long term? So if I could be able to say that I have a wrestling booking every weekend, I think that I'd be really, really happy with that. I think if I could, if I could say that, yeah, uh, even if I don't like make this my full time living or I don't, you know, get signed by a major promotion or anything like that. If I can say at like the shoot job that, oh yeah, I'm, I'm wrestling this weekend and I can say that every weekend, I think that'll, that'll, that'll make me happy. I'll be, uh, I'll be very, yeah, I'll, I'll just be, I'll feel very accomplished. I'll feel very accomplished if I could be able to say that. Excellent. Excellent. So is there any obviously talent in the UKC you want to obviously work with? So, obviously, I mean, now that he's signed by TNA, it's maybe like not as plausible. But like, I would love to run it back with Leon again. That'd be fantastic. But there are a bunch of other people involved with Pursuit that I would love to wrestle too, like Jet Marshall. I've had like an in-house show match with Jet Marshall before, but we've never done it in front of like a proper crowd. I do seriously think um, somewhere like uh, a North or a Rise, that's like a bit more of an adult crowd. I, I think me and Jet Marshall would like. I think we would like to tear the place down. I think it'd be. I think it'd be brilliant. I think we'd we'd both have so much fun doing that. Uh, there's a guy called Kemper um, at PPW who's like one of the tallest people I've ever met. I think he's like six foot seven or something like that. I would absolutely love to wrestle him. I feel like I somehow work better when I'm against bigger guys. I, I kind of like that underdog role. I kind of like, you know, channeling that inner Rey Mysterio in a way, and I've kind of like got to knock them down to my size. Uh, so I think me and Kemper would be great. And then um, for the longest time, I've wanted to wrestle Axel the Clown. Because I just yes. think me and Axel the Clown. Yeah, I, th I think Axel the Clown's been on, on your show as well, right? Yep. And he did the whole thing in Gimmick, right? Yep. Yeah. It's just, it's incredible. Like, the commitment that he has to his character is it's insane. And I think, again, to answer the, the guy's question before, of like a type of match I haven't done, I haven't done, like, a proper comedy match, I don't think. But... I just think me and me and Axel would inevitably end up going that way, but I think it'd be brilliant. I would, yeah. I think I, I think me and uh, me and Axel the clown would be money for anyone who wants to book that match. The scary part was my next question was, have you worked with Axel the clown? And then you've just said that you want to work. <laughs> read your mind. Read your mind. Uh, no, I I haven't. But again, I, I would, I've done little bits at him with training, and it's always been fun. But no, we've never actually done a proper match with each other. 
um and then uh yeah just just uh to, to carry on as well just for a little bit um obviously like the guys who trained me um uh, nathan cruz and uh, matt myers and liam slater uh, the best way that i could like make them i guess proud of me i think would be to wrestle them and like to hold my own against them so then uh, those are three guys that um any promotion wherever it is I, i'd love to wrestle those three and just show them show them how far i've come really and show them that um the the faith they've put in me is i guess i guess being worth it yeah yeah absolutely so i've just thought of a question obviously as you were talking there so obviously being a wrestler obviously you're doing all the training obviously you're on shows and stuff do you obviously mm -hmm. get time to obviously like watch wrestling from obviously entertainment purpose I try to. I try to as much as I can. It's it's weird, and I I really like don't want to sound like pretentious when I say this at all because like we are at heart we are all wrestling fans. That that's what got us into it. But when you like start training to be a wrestler, and when you start getting on shows, that you get this like weird switch in perspective where you you don't watch wrestling as a fan anymore. You kind of like watch it as like a student and. You, you know you're trying to like break the matches down and you're trying to figure out where they're going it's like when i was a kid and like i'd watch like Rey mysterio would come out i'd be like interested in like what gears what gears you're gonna wear you know what i mean what color designs is gear gonna be or like what springboard move is he gonna do because he would like hit the 619 and then it'd have a variety of different ways that it would like actually finish the match off but then when like, you start like getting interesting you just look at it way, way more scientifically and you're like oh i wonder what they're gonna do i wonder what psychology is gonna use and, and all this stuff so you look at it differently but i i do like to every now and again try and think back to that 11 year old kid that got me into it in the first place and go well what is it that i really liked about this guy you know what is it that i really didn't like about this guy and try and hone in on that as much as i possibly can and be an audience member because i sometimes think people can get a little bit lost sometimes and go a bit maybe go like a bit too far down the rabbit hole and try and uh, you know hyper analyze things a little bit too much i always try Guilty. and go no what yeah yeah exactly but i always try and go no well what is it that i actually made me like this guy in the first place you know what is it that's actually drawing me into this match away from you know oh how good's that chin lock that you put on or, or something like that yeah absolutely so do you obviously watch your obviously your matches back and you very do you, do you critique yourself yeah i'm like and i think it's the same for everyone i'm like my own biggest critic which on the one hand is great because it shows that i don't think i'm ever gonna like not want to improve i'm never not gonna want to get better but sometimes I can like be a bit overly harsh on myself where like if I feel like I made one mistake in a match I'd be like right well that that was it that I was rubbish there you know what I mean so um I kind of I feel like it's one of them things where you kind of have to not get too either way you know what I mean if you have a really good match great but don't don't get arrogant about it if you had a match that you didn't like, don't get too down about it. Try and find some midway point where, yeah, critique yourself and look for things that you can improve on. But 
if you know if you messed something up or if you forgot something don't don't beat yourself up too much because i've definitely been guilty of that in the past interesting so one final question obviously we, obviously we, we end obviously this interview is for people obviously listening who obviously was thinking of obviously being a wrestler what would you obviously say mm-hmm. to them i would say go for it if if ever you have that like that scratch that you just want to give it a go i'd go for it i think there's a lot of people from like especially from my time like training at ngw there would be a lot of people that have come through the doors and they would do the one session and i think they would like go actually no this is like really really hard and and you might not see him again but you know what at least they gave it a go and i think that's it i think it's always better to if you really want to try something just just give it a go what is the worst that can happen the worst that happens is you it's not what it's not what you thought it was going to be you didn't enjoy it for for whatever reason unfortunately and 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 but at least you know you know what i mean so yeah anyone who is of course of like a reasonable age and is thinking of giving wrestling a go absolutely go for it but just be prepared that it is it's hard it's it's very um it's very taxing uh, on the body, taking the bumps and whatnot. It's uh, yeah, it's not for the faint-hearted. Uh, we had any injuries, obviously, being a wrestler. So, such words. The only serious injury I've had was um, it was while I was still training. It was before I even got on shows. I I, I broke my wrist, um, and we were. Uh, it wasn't even in the match as well. That was how stupid it was. We were um, trying something out on the outside. And um, we trained at NGW. We trained in a in a sports hall at Eastmount, so it was all it was like a basketball court kind of thing on the outside of the ring. And I got uh, I got thrown to the ground basically, and I landed awkwardly, um, and like that put me out for like three months. But I look back at that and I go, that was the best thing that ever happened to me because I think I was kind of like coasting a little bit at that point. And that three months away from it made me realize how much I missed it and how much I didn't want to lose any time when I got back. And I just came back with a completely different attitude. And um, as a fun story as well, that injury ended up leading to my debut because I basically cut this promo where I blamed the guy for injuring me on purpose because he knew that I was better than him and he didn't want me to come to the shows and take his spot and uh, a guy called nina and we ended up going into a into a feud from there that lasted like a year so breaking my wrist was uh, was the best thing that he could have actually done to me and that's a great thing to end on so yeah before obviously we do our, before we obviously do our, obviously our outro is there anything obviously you want to plug and give some shout outs go ahead yeah so if you uh you know you want to follow me my um my twitter is at the jack maxwell which is all one word my instagram because i was really late to the instagram party i only got instagram at the start of this year someone's obviously got the jack maxwell all one word unfortunately so i think it's the jack underscore maxwell on instagram feel free to to follow us there and uh yeah just i just want to shout out the i'd be here for ages if i was shouting out all the guys that helped me along the way but um i guess like i've said before uh, nathan cruz and, and matt myers who were my my trainers at ngw um nathan cruz continued to be my trainer at evo slash bwr as well 
So shout out to to them, um, and then to Liam Slater and to Nathan Black at uh, PPW, and also to guys like um, R and R, Reese and Rogan, who've like put me forward so many places in the past, um, and have just done done so much for my career. And like uh, Ace Matthews as well, who's also like he's always pushing me out places and, and trying to get me booked as well. Uh, anyone who takes the time to go to a promotion and say this Jack Maxwell guy is pretty good, I think you should book him. It's it honestly means the absolute well for me. There you go, there you go. Thank you so much, obviously, Jack, for taking the time to talk to us. The Magical Wrestling, no obviously, is back tomorrow as we talk about top wrestling commentators. My question to you is, who's your number one top wrestling co- commentator? Ooh, so if we're just if we're talking about it generally, like you have to, I think you kind of have to put Michael Cole in there at this point. But my my personal favorite, the guy who I cannot help but laugh every time, like I watch him on comments, Booker T. Booker T with his fair five. Booker T with the the shucky ducky quack quack. I absolutely loved Booker T when he was a commentator. I think Booker T is my my all time favorite. Well, that's obviously interesting. So you can find out obviously tomorrow what makes our list at the usual time of 6.30 p.m. UK time. That is obviously 1.30 Eastern. Jack, again, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. No problem. Thank you for having me. Later. <clears throat>